Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Hello, yes, Dan Arden here. Dan Arden has been summoned. Please, via the internet, we tell you to please listen to Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's the AEW Women's Joshi Tournament. You know what that means. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's myself and Jay here with you tonight, today, this afternoon, hello. this morning, morning, whatever time of day you're listening to it. Um, we are here to give you a special sort of recap of the first round of the Women's AEW title tournament the Japanese side featuring the Joshi, Joshi wrestlers. Um, we thought we'd do this as like a little bit of a special, because A, so we don't... Uh, so we don't sort of overcrowd the regular Dynamite podcast this week and also because it was a really cool show and I think it's something that we should probably talk about by itself yeah we, we didn't really want to like kind of stifle it within the Dynamite review or just kind of like throw it in there at the start and have like a little sort of like brief thing we want to actually talk about it at some length so here we are yeah so it was four matches um a one-hour show on YouTube. It's still if anyone's, you can watch it in. Interestingly, you can watch it in with English commentary or Japanese commentary. I clicked on the Japanese video first, not realizing there was two of them. I got quite confused. Um, but yeah, so a couple of things. Um, it's four matches. Each match has a twenty-minute time limit. Uh, it does look like it's being filmed in someone's garage. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's in a very like, small yeah. room. Yeah, it, it was. Was it in someone's wrestling school? I believe it, it looks like it was. Yeah, um, it looked very, it looked very much like a gym training room with a ring put in the middle of it. Yeah, I know. I know they kept bringing up uh, Emmy Sakura's wrestling school, and there was a couple of her students at ringside for her match. So maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was there. I think Excalibur, Excalibur did mention something. He mentioned something about a Budokan something, but I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on it. Um, he mentioned where it was. Yeah, uh, but he didn't go into too much detail about it. No, so uh, also we have um, Excalibur doing commentary solo for this. Um, there was some hope that Vader Scott would be would be doing commentary on this as well on the along the online community with AEW fans, but that's sadly not the case. I mean, I think Excalibur did a fine job. He uh, he, was, he, he called the action. It was very reminiscent of um, Michael Cole calling Beach in the East. I thought, yeah, it was. Um, it rem- it reminds me a lot of like some uh, early PWG stuff as well where. Obviously, that's what Excalibur did. He was just commentating on his own. Yeah. Um, so it's something he has done before, and he can, but he can play off himself very well. Yeah, I, I think as well he did it. He, like sometimes on on AW with the commentary teams that he's got, um, as you said with Vader Scott, maybe being the exception, and uh, Anthony Agogo is another one who's quite a good exception. Who kind of don't don't get too distracted by everything else, like. I'm glad that he didn't have JR, Shivani, or Taz because they all kind of get a bit distracted by all the shit, go- all the shit going on. Whereas Excalibur was quite good at um, not only talking like us through each match at a very, very good pace. Like he managed to keep up pretty much move for move, which if he had someone commentating with him, he probably would struggle to do that. Yeah. Um, but also he found time within within it to kind of like give us a background and again it's something that AEW aren't very good at it's one one of my main criticisms that they're not very good at giving like backgrounds to people that you may not be familiar with um obviously looking at looking at the card um 
I'd say I was probably only familiar with like 50% of the people wrestling on it. And even some um, of them I've only seen once. So Yeah. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of Emi Sakura um, and Yuka Sakazaki as well. Um, the likes of Aja Kongo, I know she's still on Korean Japan, but even the likes of um, Rima Zanami, she's been on, she was on AEW for a cup of tea, like back in the day, wasn't she? And then, yeah, she's on Double or Nothing um, yeah. in the Joshi match. Um, and I was familiar with uh, Maki Ito from her Twitter. I'd, I'd never seen her wrestle, um, but now I'm a huge fan after that match. <laughs> she's quickly become one of my favourites uh, for the tournament from the tournament. Um, yeah, should we just get straight into this then? Yeah, so let's fly straight into the uh, into the first match. So speaking of Yuka Sakazaki, we had Yuka Sakazaki versus Mei Segura. Uh, interestingly, um, Hikaru Shida, who's been producing these matches, has done a little series of tweets on her Twitter, like sort of introducing all the women with some little facts. So I'll go through them for you. So regarding Mei Segura, um, she is from Gato Move, apparently. That's the promotion she, she wrestles in on the reg. And um, Hikaru Shida says that she wants Pinder. So she wants pinned to Karushida, and then she says in her defense, it was her third match of the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah. she was also described as having the, the biggest smile in Japan in Japanese wrestling. Um, and she Which did have a she did, pretty much immediately, she did have a cracking smile to be fair. <laughs> she was, uh, yeah. yeah, she was really showing it. Yeah, um, I like their entrance gear with the big sort of macho man style cape, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And obviously, Yuka Saka, uh, Sakazaki is someone we're very familiar Yuka with. Yuka Sakazaki but... we're very familiar with of her... Um, what does... Genie gimmick in From Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. And she says, I know she doesn't need to be introduced. That was all. Uh, no. she did. Yeah, she, she's the magic girl. That is her, her sort of gimmick. She, um, yeah, she came up with like a genie-esque. Her entrance music sounds like the hard stage on... Um... Dance Dance Revolution as well, which I appreciate. It absolutely bangs, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> Made me want to go, go out and start drinking. Um, yeah, th- this was... Um, I, I I enjoyed this match. I thought it was very... It was a lot more technical than I expected it to be. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, it, it, told a, it, was a, it told a big story as well, like a lot of story as well. So w- with every one of these matches, more or less, there was like a, a theme of like the, the up-and-coming, like the young sort of you know upstart versus the more experienced veteran and a lot of it was the young what the youngsters trying to fight out from under the veteran sort of like early control yeah um yeah there was a cool spot like really early on in the match where saruga like she like she looked like she was going to do a leapfrog like she jumped in like a star jump and faked out uh sakazaki and then she kept like Go go into the ropes like she was going to do a springboard arm drag and just like faking her out, yeah. and then when she eventually hit it, she got like insane height on it. Um, there was a nice one of the early spots. So, um, Mesa Gura uh, hit a really nice Oklahoma roll. Um, sort of yeah. like spun Yuka around the ring, and she sold it like she'd just been um big swing by Cesaro. There was like proper like discombobulation and and all sorts. Um. Yeah, that does. So one of the one of the sort of themes of, of most of the matches tonight, which I was really impressed by, was the quality of submission wrestling that we saw. Yeah, there was so a lot that, of really good submission wrestling. There was some really good submissions, and there was some really good transitions. And like everything was very innovative. Like a lot, um, so early on in this, um, you could actually hook in like a tarantula style submission, except she did like a little sort of cute pose instead of like on the bottom by the ring, which was which is quite oh, nice. And she, and she had the, it locked in the way. Um, 
the way May Saruga's neck kind of snapped over the rope as well was upset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I there was a lot of him. Um, as I say, I, I was expecting this match to be quite high flying from what I'd seen of Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah. But there was a lot of like ground based submission off- offense, which was it was just kind of refreshing. Not a lot of striking either. It was very um, it was very pure. No. In, in it's in fact, it was, I'll talk about that in the, in the next match more so than than this one. Um, yeah, it, it sort of it, it sort of started like it started a little bit. There was a little bit of um, like not not quite comedy, but like sort of so like early on in the match, um, May you sort of like screamed in like Yuka's face, and it sort of like startled her into like not attacking. It it was almost like mind games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was almost like they were playing it for comedy as such. It, I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not terribly familiar with, with the sort of ins and outs of Joshi wrestling. I don't know what the sort of no, what either. the sort of um, sort of style is. What how how far it leans into comedy and sort of character work and how. I mean, eventually it gets to a point where everyone just stiffs the fuck out of each other, as, as is evidenced by some of these matches here. So it, yeah. it, it, it's it's <laughs> it's sort of like a it's it's quite nice, like a microcosm of, of of all the things in wrestling. So you get a bit of comedy, you get a bit of character work, you get a bit of striking, and then you get some like. Basically, stiff brain busters and massive DDTs. Um, yeah. Speaking of brain busters, there was a beautiful um, vertical hold. Like you could actually held wow. up a vertical suplex awesome. position for about five, ten seconds, and then dropped the lovely brain buster. Yeah, um, and then that sort of the, power and that sort of power slam she did afterwards. Oh, like the Northern Lights bomb, was it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was a really cool um, move as well, just just before that. Um, that Saruga did that I've never seen before. It was, it was kind of like a deathlock, but then she actually butterflied. Um, oh yeah, that sort of bridging bridge submission, and there yeah, she ended up. Oh, it was insane. Yeah, and then there was a really cool visual of like you could, like got one arm free, and she was like sort of dragging herself towards the bottom rope, which was uh, yeah, which was really nice. That was that was a really that was about a ninety second like transitional like like there was like three different submissions in there that was really really nice mm-hmm. it was an another lovely just before that as well <laughs> so we would go through the whole match but we, we kind of are uh, just before that as well there was a lovely move where Yuka did like a leg lariat takedown like a leg sweep takedown yeah on um on May and t- put her straight into an STF she actually held the leg like as she took the legs with her legs she held them and then locked the arm lock the the, the arms in straight away straight into an STF which mm-hmm. was really really nice really clean there was a lot of uh... There was a lot of like really quick footwork in this match with like roll ups as well. Yeah, near the end. Um, um, yeah, so the, the the finish came after the power after the Northern Lights bomb uh, or the nice slam by Yuka. She goes up. She looked for it earlier. She went for what uh, what was called the Magic Girl Splash, uh, which is basically a four fifty from the top rope. Now I have to I have to reiterate this is when I say the top rope. I don't mean the turnbuckle. Like nope. she she literally balanced on the rope in the middle top rope in the middle yeah. of the ring. <laughs> and it, it's a four fifty splash like a- of it. Yeah, it was like a springboard, but she didn't springboard. She just kind of tightrope walked. <laughs> yeah, she just, like, the, climbed, she just like, climbed up the rope, stood there for a second, and then hit a 450. Yeah. It was she insane. climbed the ropes like she was climbing a ladder. The balance was insane. Uh, so that was really nice, and she hits that for the win. Um, I thought it was a really good opener. Uh, the, the, it sort of started... Um, Quite not not slow, but it started like quite relaxed and quite friendly, and then like they ramped up intensity and, and it got a bit more serious as the match went on. My only slight criticism I'll say is towards the end when they were going full pelters, um, a few of those like roll up transitions were a little bit sloppy. Yeah, they didn't quite have the balance on a few of them. Like they, I mean, it's, it's, it happens to everyone. Like they just sort of slid the wrong way and like shoulders fell over and stuff like that. And it and but they, I mean they did cover very well as, as like they made it look like they were countering the moves and stuff. So it did look very, it still looked quite clean, even though it was a little bit sloppier than the rest of the match. 
But, yeah, I think it was a really nice sort of combination of action with a bit of storytelling in there. Um, like you said, obviously the, the more experienced wrestler came out on top in, in Yuka Sakazaki. And um, yeah, it was. I thought it was a really good way to, to sort of ease everybody in to, to the sort of the action we're going to be seeing on this show. Yeah, it was a very fun match to start. Um, and it, as, as you say, it, it eased us in because like I, 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 didn't, I wouldn't necessarily say I went in blind what to like Joshi wrestling, but I've literally pretty much seen what I've seen in AW and then little little snippets of stardom. Um so not not like not a great deal of stuff. Um but yeah it was it was a really nice sort of like palette cleanser so to speak from like all the other wrestling I've been watching this week. <laughs> yeah, right so moving on to match number two then uh we have Venny versus Emmy Sahara. Now um I'll tell you a bit about Venny uh, according to Hikaru Shida, she is the first non-binary wrestler in Japan. And uh, Shida regards her as the best high flyer in Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's also worth noting uh, she was trained by Ayako Hamada, who, if you are a long-time TNA watcher, she was a member of the TNA roster back in back just before the Hogan regime, like 2009-2010 that she came in. She actually held the tag team, the Impact Tag Team Champions with um, the Knockout Tag Team titles with Awesome Kong back in the day. <laughs> One of my favorites back when, from when I originally watched got into TNA. She was she was fantastic. She spent she spent a lot of her remainder of her career in like in Mexico um, doing like Lucha Libre stuff and training training Benny and amongst others. Did next card but say um, Hamada's dad, uh, Gran Hamada, brought Lucha Libre style to Mex- uh, to Japan as well. Yes, yeah, Gran Hamada is, is very well regarded in the um, in the Japanese sort of wrestling community. They have also a very nice touch. Uh, Benny came out to the ring wearing a kimono formerly belonging to Hana Kimura, um, which was given to her by... By... Hannah Kimura's mother gave it to her. Yeah, she because they were in a tag team together um, previously, and so she gave it to her as like a way to as like a tribute for her to wear going forward, which was I thought was very nice. Uh, obviously, Emmy Sakura, we all know from AW. If you don't remember her, she's the one who has like the Freddie Mercury sort of gimmick. So yeah. she comes out with the the sort of cut off microphone, and this time she she, she in in AW she often had the yellow jacket on. Here she had the full like uh, cr- the crown and like the the sort oh, of the robe. It was really nice. Um, I always thought. So she never really did it for me in AW. I thought it didn't really fit. The character didn't really fit the um but she looked a lot a little bit more seriously, like she turned up the, the nasty she turned up the nasty of it on the gimmick, which was um Yeah. Um so obviously in AW like a gear was like she come out like the radio gaga stuff, didn't she? And yeah. she had like the white pants and the yellow jacket and like the white tank top. Um and she'd stick on the mustache as she was entering. It was it I don't wanna I don't wanna say it was like goofy, but it was a little bit goofy. Yeah, um, um, it's also worth noting again, according to Hikaru Shida, uh, she regards her as one of the best trainers in the world. So she she trained Rio, she trained Mei Segura from the first match, and she also trained Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she she definitely looked a lot more aggressive and a lot more serious in this match. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like, ser- more, much more serious business. Um, I, I I popped big when uh, Emi Sakura came out in the fucking robe and the crown. I was like, oh, yeah, that was it was, it was really nice because like the music that came out good. and like, you're not sure what's Bad going ass. on, and then she comes out with the crown on, and then the We Were Rocky like hand claps starts like the We Were Rocky beat, and it's like, all right, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, so there's like a bit of an exchange. Um, 
then Venny gets a first chance to show off some of her sort of agility. She hits a lovely sort of springboard um, elbow into the corner. Another bit of like some nice rope-based offense running the ropes. And then this ends with uh, her hitting an Ayara moonsault to the outside on, on Emmy, which is pretty nice. One thing I did really appreciate at this point, uh, Tommy, who was the referee, he was absolutely on the ball. As soon as the, both those wrestlers were outside, he was straight on the 10 count. Yeah, which was those are real. Those are throughout this match, throughout this this whole show, there was a real strict adherence to the rules by the referee, and it was consistent, which I really appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not one of these guys who needs to have like the rules adhered to. I mean, I I know you know it's 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 fake fighting. Just consistency is nice. But just, yeah, just consistency. I, I, I don't need I don't need like slav, slavish like adherence. I just need it to make sense in in its own canon, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. um so as, coming back in the ring, Emmy hits a lovely like a rope hung backbreaker. Yeah, like an underhook. She underhooks uh, Benny. She, uh, she as they're coming back in the ring. Sorry, I'll use the correct pronoun. And um, drops them onto her onto the knee, which like it does really well to twist them round as she's dropping because she's not got a lot of distance to go down, and she does really well to get Benny round. Yeah, um, Benny hit like a really really cool. Um, it it was it was like I, I I can't even describe what it was. Excalibur called it a springboard headlock takedown. But it looked almost like a flatliner. Where so they um they ran at the ropes. They kind of like sat out, like sat out on the ropes, grabbed Sakura, and they both flipped over. Is this when Sakura was on the top rope? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. And then Venny hit um a really cool running shooting star that was just like as smooth as silk. Yeah, that was that was incredible. I love that. So after this, there was a really great um so after this kick out. Emmy rolled the momentum straight through into a dragon sleeper. Yeah, which was which was super there, was, there was a lot. That was kind of a reoccurring theme throughout this match and the show itself as well. That yeah. there was a lot of like really good transitions from kickouts, which it's something that you don't see often, like in kind of wrestling, um, in Western wrestling, I should say. No, but when I whenever I do see it, I do really appreciate it, and there was a lot of that. So I was I was very. Uh, very impressed by all and then there that. Was a, after the straight after this, there was a savage, um, like a corner cross. It was sort of a crossbody, but like it was yeah. sort of like Emmy just hit a spear, but with like the side of her body. Yeah. <laughs> into like, like, into like the chest of Yeah, um, and then she, then she went for a Vader bomb, um, got a Vader bomb, went for another one. Benny got their knees up and blocked it. Um, and then Benny locked in a savage looking cross arm breaker. Oh, uh, it was like. It was a reverse one, wasn't it? So like, yeah, she had like she was doing, she was doing, so, she, like, she was grapevining up with the legs as well, and it was so they were grapevining up with the legs again, and it was, um, it was, it looked really effective, it looked really painful, and it looked, um, yeah, really nice. Yeah, um, there's a rope, I think there's a rope break there, and then Emmy hits an angel's wings, but she can't capitalize. They both were uh, both competitors are down. They, they're just they're not moving. This is where the match just kind of like went to like. Stiffen each other. Yeah, this, um, this, this, this is where they pressed the turbo button, and it all went a bit nuts. They, um, they just started trading headbutts for for starters. Yeah, and then was it like elbow strikes and uh, chops? Yeah, it was like it was headbutts, it was elbow strikes, and it was chops. And then um, there was a, a sh- like a Venny off the top with a shotgun drop kick. Oh, that was insane! Which was beautiful. Uh, then a counter on a small package for a close. It was like a couple of roll up attempts. Uh, Venny got the reversal. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna just go through like so we're getting towards the end of the match now I'm gonna I thought I thought the finish of this match was was beautiful. Um, that was awesome. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna just read through it as as what ha- as, as I describe what happened, and then we'll, we can have a little chit chat about it. So after that sort of kick out, uh, Venny hits a lariat, a leg lariat, and then a sit out choke slam for a two count. She goes up top for like a moonsault press. Emmy moves out the way. She rolls Venny up. Venny kicks out at two, but then Emmy once again Emmy transitions the momentum from the kick out to locking the dragon sleeper. This time she locks both arms, so she has one like a collar lock and like. And then she has the other arm um, sort of hooked with her leg. So Venny can't use their arms to, to get any momentum. Um, Venny starts to fade. The referee yeah, starts to check yeah, on her. Rattle, rattle. Oh, it's, it, it looked, it looked yeah. savage, the Dragon Sleeper. It looked, it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, Venny started to fade. So Emmy, this is a bit weird. Emmy just like lets go of the, of the submission, even though she's basically got them choked out. Uh, but then t- picks, picks them up, hits a Tiger Driver. <laughs> Yeah. And then stacks them with a with like a high sort of jackknife pin for the win. Um, yeah, fantastic! Like the last the last sort of two minutes were perfection. Like the, the finishing yeah. sequence was wonderful. This was a really good match. Um, I liked as well. Like just just how it went from being really sort of like methodical and slow paced in the middle when they were like trading submission holds to just full throttle and. Both, both of them just being the shit out of each other. I mean, it, it sort of told a story in three acts. So you had like the, the beginning of the match where they were like sort of trying to purely out wrestle one another and sort of, um, mm. you know, show their skills almost. And then it sort of broke down to the point in the middle where they were both fucked and they were both like showing the effects of the of the, of the early of the early game. And then it sort of built up again to like the sort of go and put all out to try and win the match at the end. And it sort of it, it ebbed and flowed really nicely. I thought. Yeah. Agreed. In case you couldn't um, tell, I really enjoyed this match, <laughs> like quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was excellent. Um, um, I, I think it might have been my favourite one of. It was absolute. It was absolutely my, my match of the night. Um, the two, yeah. the two, the two middle matches were like both excellent. Um, I think this one may have edged it. We'll so yeah, this. I mean, this was definitely it was a step up in intensity from the opener. And the action was mm. just just on that like next level above. Um. Venny, look, she's ready for TV. She could go to Dynamite next week and be fine. Yeah, she could. She could absolutely, um, absolutely fit right into the women's division, and she could have great matches. Venny reminded me a bit of um, a bit of sort of like Eddie Guerrero in the nineties. Yeah, the, with the sort of just just like some of the movement they were doing, um, and then obviously we had the bit at the end where. Um, where like Sakura puts her hand out and they shake hands and then Venny just slapped the piss out of Sakura. Yeah, and then they just walk <laughs> off. So you don't know if this, if this is going to feature into into matches further down the line. Obviously, Emi has to go to the next round now against uh, against Yuka. Um, so whether Venny will turn up and, and inject us up to that match, you know. And it's great that they're telling little stories even in this tournament. Like this is a one and done tournament. So we're still finding ways to to take these women and develop the characters, which is really nice. Yeah, one one thing I did notice on Twitter. Um, did you see Kenny Omega's tweet about it? Yeah, he said something along the lines of like, um, congratulations to all the women who advanced, all the competitors who advanced, and for those who didn't, it won't be the last we see of them. Yeah, he, he, he basically, he, yeah, he basically said that this is just kind of like your first taste of some of these people, like well, they, they will be back. Um, which obviously, um, very someone I definitely want to see back, that is Mahito. 
speaking, well, especially speaking of somebody who whose first taste has been eagerly anticipated, and the Sims of the internet can rejoice because the god of love and piss has arrived. Mahito is here after a week of everything from tweeting to Lance Archer to teasing joining the Dark Order um, <laughs> and winding up Jim Cornette. She, you know, she's had yeah. quite a quite a week, and now here she is. Um, so Makito versus Rima Zanami. Um So Makito sings her own entrance. Uh, she comes out with a microphone and does a little sort of song and dance routine. Um, I'll tell you what um, what she just said about Maki first, and then I've got a few little bits to add. Uh, the you know, she just says, yeah, the self-proclaimed cutest in the world, obviously. Um, so a little bit of background about Makito. It's worth it's worth mentioning. Um, she was formerly in a idol group, which is if you don't know what that is in Japan, it's like sort of manufactured pop band. So she was like in a manufactured girl band. Well, Link went Link, yeah. And it was actually Excalibur mentioned this during the match. During a time in Link, she appeared on a pro wrestling was it DDT show, sorry? She appeared on it was DDT. Yeah, um, and of course it was DDT. Why are you even asking that question? And she, she basically got the wrestling bug from that appearance, basically, and that was in twenty thirteen and then she made her debut. She started training, made her debut in twenty sixteen. Uh, she was actually let go from Link. So there's a, there's, she, she wrote this into her, her, story, her character storyline brilliantly. So she was let go from Link and she claimed it was because her forehead was too big and she wasn't considered pretty enough. So she had cosmetic surgery on her forehead, which basically has resulted in her having an indestructible forehead now and a devastating headbutt. That's fucking incredible. I didn't even pick that bit up. That, that's, <laughs> that, that makes me love her even more. It's, it's fucking there's, there's, and there's a couple of spots in this match where like the, the sort of it's it's a, a sort of gimmick now that um Mahito's head is basically indestructible. <laughs> so um uh, so Ramri is an army. Uh, he's someone who we have seen in AUW before. She was in Double or Nothing 2019, as you said before, Jay. Um it's worth noting, so Shida put on Twitter that she further down. she was apparently planning to retire. After double or nothing in 2019, but she she decided to continue wrestling afterwards because she wanted to remain working in AW and she wanted to come back. She wants to. She's been trying to like basically make her way back there. Obviously, global pandemic notwithstanding, but it's quite nice that you know she was given like a second, a new lease of life in her career. She was thinking about winding it down, yeah. and then she got so she was so like sort of enraptured by the idea of this competition and, and AW that she was able. She wanted to carry on uh, in a profession, which is great. Uh, right, so this actually starts off, um, and I just have to say, um, Mizunami looks awesome. She looks like um, she looks like a bad guy in a Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say she had a robe that reminded me of a Carter's. Yeah, she's basically she's basically a cross between like she's basically a female cross between like Nakamura and a Carter, like with her look. Yeah, coming out with the uh, sunglasses as well. That basically a plug and buying a merch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's she, I I I. I couldn't remember ever. Like I have very, I think we drank heavily when Double or Nothing was on around it yours. So I don't, um, I don't really remember. Yeah, we, <laughs> that we, much were ham- we were hammered by the time, by the time the Joshi match came on, we were hammered. So I don't have much, um, I don't have much recollection of, of Rio in the ring. Um, but I really enjoyed. Uh, spoiler, I really, I really enjoyed Rio. Um, there was a lot of like stuff that Rio was doing where it was kind of like breaking down the fourth wall, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so it starts okay. off with a bit of comedy. Um, so you've got um, Maki chop, or she forearms Ryu in the face and then like invites her to hit her back. 
And then when Rhea does, she starts like literally sobbing her, her heart out. Um, <laughs> which led Rhea to sort of check on she was okay. And then she sort of like just stamped on her foot <laughs> for like really close up. It was it was nice. It was a nice little bit of a, it, it sort of got the, broke the tension at the start of the match. It sort of got the match like settled in. Um, so, I mean, that, that lasted for about a minute or two at the start of the match. There was, like, some little comedy spots, and then Mackie did a few little cute poses and, like, sort of played... She was kind of, like, a bit of a shithouse heel at the start. Um, I, the thing I really enjoyed about Mackie was that she was, like... She she was, tr- like, doing the whole, like, cutie thing, but then every now and again letting the mask slip that she's actually just a nutter. Yeah. And she didn't... I feel like in this match, she didn't let it slip enough that you'd be like that you'd even associate heads with I think like obviously like there was the bit where Excalibur was like oh yeah she become like a fan favourite DDT because she swears all the time <laughs> but we didn't really see much of that because obviously it's AEW and they don't want they might not want that as much yet but mm. it, it did a good job like there was there was just moments in the match where like Mackie was like going from being this like cutesy like cute girl in the world thing to I'm an evil bitch. And it was like, oh, so I like that. Ryu obviously had the sort of the power advantage here and she sort of like took control early on and then um, sort of Mackie hit a nice sort of hamlock DDT to take control, uh, corner bulldog, and then the first of many head-related bits of offense, she hit a falling, like a sort of just a standing falling headbutt, um, mm. which was really nice. She locked in, so this is the first, this is what you were talking about before, Jay, she hits, a, Mackie locked in a Boston Crab in the middle of the ring. Um, Ryu sort of sells it for a few seconds and then just sort of like sort of winks and smiles at the camera as if to say like watch this now and then she literally just does like a press up to like push herself out of it with a with a yeah strength. and like a knuckles as well yeah she, she like just clenched the fist and just shades of the um, like shades of Scott Steiner yeah <laughs> she just sort of powers out of them and that was really and she sort of she sent um she sent Mackie flying as well, which is really cool. There's little moments like this, little character moments from like from Rhea, which really endeared her to me. I thought, you know, this this really made me want to see more of her. Yeah. Um, um, there was a nice that after power that, slam but, as well. She hit. Oh god, yeah. Fantastic. Then after that, there was um, some sort of trading forearms um, between the two women, which basically ended with Rhea just beating Mackie to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> which was it was just savage. Um, yeah, this, I mean, the, the action... After after the last match, I was like... Because I was a little bit apprehensive because this was the match I was probably the most looking forward to just because of, of everything I'd seen from Makito on social media and, and the sort of the sort of like hype surrounding her. And after the last match with, with Benny and, um, and Emmy, I was like, oh, God, they're not going to be able to follow this at all like because that was that was that match was phenomenal and then this match was great as well. So it was, it was yeah. totally unfounded. It was absolutely fine. Um, yeah, they were, this was... There was that spot where... Um... Rio went for a PK and Ito like dodged it and reversed it into a single leg in like one movement, which was insane. Yeah. Like, like, like I said before, like, the, I was super impressed with the, the technical level of the submissions in this match. Like, the way the, the mm. innovative ways in which they managed to apply them and they managed to, um, and they actually, it, it, um, I'll, I'll come out to that at the end of this match as well, um, because there was a really nice submission spot to end the match, yeah. Um, yeah, so we got some head. Oh, there was a, a little spot halfway through, sort of halfway through the match, but towards the end where um, Ryu went for an, like a lariat and Mackie just caught her arm and just headbutted her in the arm. I love the fact that Ryu was like selling it, like she broke her arm as well. <laughs> yeah, and then Ryu came back with a headbutt of her own and, and nearly knocked herself out. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and then Mackie just hit like a load of DDTs. Yeah, yeah, just some massive um, DDTs. I missed the diving headbutt. Yeah, I went for a diving headbutt, missed, and then Ryu hit a massive spear for a two count. And then we get to the finish. So the finish this match, um, Ryu sort of locked Mackie in like a triangle choke. But then after she locked it in, instead of like just sitting down and letting it play out, she sort of like ragged her around the ring a bit. Like she sort of just rolled her around and like shook yes, her about. Like rolled around. But she sort of she sort of like rolled around and got her into position where she couldn't reach the ropes, which was very I thought was really a really clever way to sort of I mean obviously you've got the I mean going going into like into shoot here into like real world, if you're locking a choke on someone, the first thing they're gonna think of is the panic of you locking in the choke. So if you're gonna try and take advantage and reposition them. As soon as you lock the move in, that's the best time to do it. So you, you lock it in, and while they're panicking, you sort of rag them everywhere, and then you put them where you want them. And then, yeah, um, Mackie taps out, and Rio wins. Yeah, really good match. Really, really good match. Um, I I I really want to see more of Mackie already. I mean, <clears throat> the whole the whole world does, <laughs> and I, I don't think yeah. with, with the way this match, with the way this this match and this this show was received, I don't think it'll be a long time before we see more of of Mackie. So, yeah. Um, I mean, just having her in BT alone would be worth the, the price of getting her across to America and signing her. I, I, ju- I just want her to like join a faction with um, Lance Archer and just have them just do <laughs> or even just a tag. Even what what was it that um, Excalibur kept to- talking about? A faction? Um, Eat a respect army or something like that. Eat a respect army. Just start an Eat a respect army with Archer. <laughs> That's all we need. Yeah. Um, great match. I. Had never uh, so both uh, this this uh, out of all the matches tonight, this one probably had the most sort of personality into it, and sort of you get the you got the best sort of sense of of, of both competitors. I'm super psyched to see Rima's and Army again. Uh, yeah. I thought she was excellent. She she was everything about her was believable. She was her move set looked great. Her character work was great. Her look was great. Obviously, Mackie looked fantastic as well. I think she's ready. To, she again, she's another one you could take. Venny and her and plug them both straight onto TV and they wouldn't no one would bat an eyelid they wouldn't say you know they wouldn't even you wouldn't even question like why, why are they here what are they doing here you, you just buy it straight away it's it's that believable yeah definitely <clears throat> um, yeah I, I, I look forward to seeing more of both of them um, both really impressed me Okay, so we're moving on to the main event of the evening. Um, so you have Rin Katakura versus the, the legend that is Aja Kong. Uh, so a little bit about both of these competitors. So of Rin Katakura, um, she's from Marvelous, Marvelous promotion. She actually had she's the Wave Tag Team Champion. She had the belt. She was proud to explain the belt. Um, yeah, she was. She 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 was. She, I, I really I forgot. I actually forgot what was happening. It was actually when Rin came out, so I was like, "Oh, Rin, Rin looks really good. Go, you know, go go see Rin. Let's bring it." And then Kong's. You, you, you remember that Aja Kong's opponent? You're like, "Oh shit, yeah, that okay." <laughs> this is yeah. go well. This is not going to go well for you. Uh, but no, she she looked great. She um she um she she had a she had a great. She's got a great look about her. She you know she looks legit. Uh, Aja Kong, obviously, we might re- we might remember Aja Kong from the same match in Double or Nothing. Um, yeah. She's wrestled Sheeta five times, apparently, according to Sheeta. Um, apparently, Sheeta says she is the person who made her strong. I mean, if anyone's going to make you strong, it's going to be getting the shit beat out of you by, like, Aja Kong. <laughs> now, 
I remember, so I, I, said, I said earlier on, I don't remember too much about the, the Joshi match on Double or Nothing. But one thing I do remember in that match was that Aja Kong was incredibly limited. Like, she looked really beaten up and like she couldn't really do much. God damn, she looked a lot better here tonight. Yeah. She looked about, yeah, 10, I, years, she looked about 10 years younger in this match. I, I feel like a lot of this match was kind of playing to her strengths, though, as well. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's go that's the way it was. It was basically a squash match. It was an. It was an. It was like an exhibition almost to, to it, basically yeah. to get her over like as a monster. Yeah, it was to get her over as the monster of the tournament, and someone's going to yeah. upset her in the final. Obviously, um, I reckon. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think Rio's going to be in the next right, round. Spoiler: Aja Kong won. Okay. Um, <laughs> as, I mean, yes. As yeah, soon as I mean, squash I, match, I think I, 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 I'm already beat. licking my lips for Aja Kong versus um, Ryu Mizunami in the next round. Yeah, that'll be a good match. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, so this match was it was literally just um, Kong just t- taking control of the match, beating the piss out of Kadagura. Uh, respect to, to Rin, she, she got some really good offense in as well. They did let her get some bits and bobs and shit, a really big DDT. Um, one thing I did notice so early in this match, um, and it's not something I realised until he brought it up. Um, Tommy, the referee, actually cautioned Kong for close hand striking. I didn't even notice that. He he came over to him, made her open her eyes. He made her open her hands. I, I saw him yell. I saw him yelling at Kong a lot. As I sort of saw that, and I, I sort of took my mind back through the, the. I was like, oh shit, yeah, there hasn't been any close hand striking in this match it's all been forearms or chops or elbows and mm. that's and that was again it was a really good consistent rule set that they presented in this tournament in this side of the tournament which was really nice I don't know if, if that's a, a Joshi rule or if that's something specific to this tournament again I, I, I apologise for my ignorance um, and I know the closed fist thing is just a general wrestling thing but you don't it's weird because you don't see it getting enforced at all really no or not often like you not the, the biggest thing for me where you don't see it getting getting forced is like Big Show used to use that fucking the knockout punch that one bomb didn't he yeah um, but there was a really nice moment in the last match where um, Mizuma, Mizumani Mizunami was chopping um, Maki in the corner like quite a lot and Tommy came over and sort of like was like hey you know give her a second here let me back off like doing the, the break you know get off them and um, Ryu just turned around and like bowed to him like to to, to show the respect and then immediately went back and did a, delivered another massive chop to uh, to Maki yeah um, but yeah so this match um, I mean there was, there was some nice big power moves in here um, it was a disgusting looking pile driver oh that's it our pile driver yeah that was horrible <laughs> um, yeah I thought that I thought that was over I was like oh yeah she just killed her she's killed her Um to be fair though, um Aja Kong was like selling her ass off at times. Like Yeah, shout out to Rin for like the, the, the hopeful move attempt of the night where she tried to Northern Light Suplex as you go. You gotta love a try. There was, that bit, there was that bit as well where uh, where Rin goes for like a sunset flip and Kong just sits out on it. Yeah. And then like at, before she can even kick out, Kong just stands up and it's like, oh okay, fair enough. Like Kong's gonna like <laughs> Heal it up a bit here by a bit by a bit of times of the match, and Kong just kicked her as hard as she could in the ribs, yeah. um, which was horrible. <laughs> yeah, after that we had after that we had a, a nice little Chris Jericho style pin from Kong, like yeah. just standing on the chest. 
And then Kong went up to the middle rope looking for, I think she was looking for like an elbow, wasn't she? She, she, would like, she, she, she likes a, a big elbow drop, Kong. Um, Rin mm. got up through her off the turnbuckle, hit a tornado DDT, like a diving tornado DDT, and then a, a fairly nice looking cannonball in the corner for a two count. Yeah. So, you know, Rin did get a bit of, Rin did, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't Cena v Brock, Rin, Rin got a lickson. Yeah, like from, obviously it was, it was the shortest of the four matches and from everything, like, Rin was allowed to do. I was really impressed. Like, yeah. she look, she's someone like they shown enough of her that I thought I'd quite like to see her wrestle again. Oh, there's no one on this card that I wouldn't want to see again in a match mm. on AEW. Um, like yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed every competitor that they had here tonight. Yeah. Um. So, with through all this, um, Rin goes for a move off the top rope. Um, Excalibur called it a Mariposa. Was it like the, the sort of the moonsault flippy forward flip thing she did and she missed? Yeah. Um, then Kong just picks her up, gives her a huge back suplex. Um, yeah. Then she hits this like really cool lariat where she like sort of, sort of hits her and then she like sort of sits down and as she does, she sort of like pulls her to the ground. Yeah. Which was which was really cool. Um, she hit that for a two count and then she went up to the top, to the very top of the, the third rope and hit a massive sort of like backwards falling elbow drop. Um, it's like a coffin drop, except she sort of like got the elbow out and sort of dropped that. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was that no, was no that, that, happened, no. that was good for the three counts because she literally put her entire like torso on top of it. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. Um, Kong picks up the win, obviously, um, in, in fairly dominant fashion. Um, like it was a bit of a squash. It made Kong look like an absolute murderer. Uh, she's going to be obviously the, the the threat in the, the bracket, you know, the threat in the bracket now to, to sort of watch. And it also, like you said, it gave it gave Rain some some really nice moments. And when she was allowed to shine, she she took those moments and, and really delivered. Yeah, I'll be int- intrigued if they go the whole way with Kong. I don't think yeah, he will. I would. But... I mean, I I am now number one Ryu fanboy, so I would love yeah. that. I would love her to beat her in the next round. I would love a final of Ryu and Yuka. I think that would be my dream sort of final. Mm. Well, I I get I get the impression that. Like Yuka Sakazaki was like the one, the sort of one of the three um, Joshi wrestlers that AEW were kind of keeping around, weren't they? Yeah. Um, that like sort of to build off, like there was it was Riho, Hair, and Shida. Um, obviously, they had Emi Sakura kind of like there to sort of mentor them all as well. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Yuka won this like whole thing of the bracket. Yeah, just looking at looking from a booking standpoint, like it would make the most sense for AW. But off to, I think on a whole, I think this, this side of this bracket, this side of the tournament's off to a flyer. Um, there was a little bit of not disappointment, but like sort of um, concern is even the right word. A little bit of hand wringing on the internet and among some fans that all of the sort of experienced wrestlers were the ones that went over. There were no upsets. There were no. But as someone pointed out, apparently, I mean, again, I don't know in in Joshi wrestling in particular. Um, Experience is valued a lot more heavily than sort of popularity, and especially in terms of booking, it's it's very rare that the mo- the veteran doesn't go over. Mm. So this was yeah. this was consistent with that. It would take something really special. I mean, I would have loved to have seen like don't get me wrong, I I I am fine with all the all the, the way this booked, but I mean, I would have loved to have seen like a wild card, it's like someone like Benny maybe advanced to the second round just to to sort of. But again, we t- we talk about knockout tournaments, and it's one of these where it's such a short tournament, like there's only eight competitors. 
on each side mm. that you're not missing out on a lot of matches by not progressing, if that makes sense. So, yeah, and and also I think the people who didn't get through to the next round all looked good. Like, oh yeah, no, no one looked bad in this. No, even 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 yeah. um, even Rin looked looked great in the bits that they were allowed to do. Yeah, like it. It, it certainly um, wet your appetite for wanting to see more of all all four of the, like the people who were the newcomers, so to speak. Yeah, um, and obviously the established AW. Um, like wrestlers, and also, I, I, I don't want the I don't want the new talent to be overexposed. And when I do turn up again, I want it to feel special. You know, I want it to feel like a big deal. And the next time I see Makito, I want it to feel like, oh shit, there's, I've been waiting for this for like months. There's Makito. You know, I want it. I want it to be a big yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, um, what one thing as well was obviously there was a lot of criticism that AW would have like four people who aren't unsigned or affiliated with the company at all just show up in this tournament um, ma- mainly from idiots um, but I, I actually thought it kind of like lent itself to not not only uh, establishing the stars that they had in the tournament but also kind of given that like nice new wrinkle that we, necess- we wouldn't have necessarily got if it wasn't for the pandemic with the Japanese side of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the things that sort of sucked a bit about, well, one of the many things that sucked a bit about about the last year in the pandemic was that obviously the, the Japanese wrestlers, so the likes of Emi and Yuka, and, you know, I don't know if they had any plans for Aisha Kong or for, for Rio, but they couldn't travel back to America to participate, and Rio couldn't participate back to, travel back to America to participate in any matches, in any tapings, in any shows. So we, I mean, Shida obviously moved to America. As, that was her commitment to, um, I know um, a few of them had stardom um, contracts and dates they had to fulfill, so they couldn't leave Japan. So obviously one of the downsides of 2020 was we, we couldn't get any of the Japanese talent in AEW, but on the plus side, as you said, we've now got this huge concentration of it ready and waiting, and this massive tournament we can now have, which probably wouldn't have come about if we yeah. didn't have this concentration of talent with AEW looks already in Japan. Yeah, I think as well, it kind of forced AEW's hands to like build like the women that they've got in America. Like one one of my, crit- I wouldn't even call it a criticism. I just kind of found had a bit of an issue with it was that. The reliance on Joshi wrestlers, like, first of all, as I said at the start of the podcast, AEW are infamous for not really doing a good job of, like, kind of giving backstory on people or explaining, like, why we should care about certain people. Yeah. Um, and I think that was 100% the case for the uh, Joshi wrestlers. They didn't really do much in the way of like kind of explaining them like a, something that like a video package or something like that would have just kind of done mm. um, but then you can do it but, but in, a tournament, in a tournament like this where like they're in a Joshi tournament in Japan with other Joshi wrestlers it's a more sort of comfortable environment for them to be themselves in the ring yeah and they can, they can get that, themselves that over as characters the, better which they did tonight in this show as yeah, opposed to giving them like a 20 minute match in the middle of an AW pay-per-view where the crowd will want to see Kenny Omega put um John Moxie through a table, you know, and that that's where um, that that's where they kind of I, I wouldn't necessarily struck out, but they, that's kind of like where they've they've hit like a bit of a home run with it. This where they can put these these eight women on the show, um, and they they don't need to necessarily have that build. They 
they can go. This is just the tournament. Yeah, watch them do the thing. And and it's, and it's, it's sort um, of like it sort of helped with the the sort of diversity in the betterment of the women's division as a whole. Like I mean, who's to, I mean, it's impossible to say it's all lives and butts. But who's to say we would have got Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa if AEW didn't have to look domestically for new new female talent? Absolutely, we wouldn't have got Absolutely. Anna J. We wouldn't have got Take um, Day. We wouldn't have got you know. It's it's impossible to say, obviously, but there's very good there's a very good argument to say that this wouldn't have happened. And now we're in a position where we still got all that the homegrown talent that they we brought up over the last twelve months. Well, that yeah, we've the, also the got this influx well of, is, of Joshi ready to come in. The the other thing as well is that like a lot of um, a lot of like um, their American stars aren't even at the tournament. Yeah, because. They've had to limit it to eight people for the American bracket, which is pretty, pretty insane in itself. Uh, like there's people like Abaddon and Big Swall who, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the fact that they had to do, they had to do it that way, where they had to split it like Jap- Japanese and US. Um, we probably would have just seen them bringing the Joji wrestlers over and having them wrestle people like that. Yeah. So, in a, in a weird kind of way, it. It protects those people as well because they're they're not like having like someone getting flown in just to beat them. Yeah. So yeah, it's def- definitely um definitely cool. It was di- it was very different from anything that we've put out as well, which I enjoyed a lot. Yes, yeah, totally. It was um, it, it was almost not hard to get into, but it was it took me like half of the first match to sort of get my head in the right place for it which is not a criticism of the show it was a criticism of my warped view of wrestling <laughs> but by the time I by the time I sort of got into the style and sort of bought into the to the sort of what they were presenting I I, I thought I enjoyed this I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a fantastic like breath of fresh air in in a in, yeah. a, in the wrestling landscape that we've got the moment. and it's, it's just another another bit of quality wrestling available which is you know a win for everybody yeah, it was a it was a lovely way for me to break up um, watching Raw to just throw this in the middle and have like that nice breath of fresh air. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the semi-finals on Monday. Yeah, I can't wait for it next week. Um, I'm sure we'll see some recaps of it on Dynamite this week. I'm sure we'll see. Maybe there might be some storyline developments. We don't know. There might be maybe there could be some video packages. It's impossible to tell. We won't know until we watch Dynamite. Yeah. So I'd like it if the did like a video package just just to kind of even if it was literally just like a five minute video just to kind of show highlights of the tournaments yeah and who, who progressed um I, I think I think it's one of those things like aw again uh, uh, with their like sort of their assumption that everybody knows everything or everyone follows every aspect do, do they just think, like all, of their, do just think of their, all of their fans like Excalibur? Yeah, like that's that's what I mean. Like they they have that assumption. It's it's a similar thing where they have an assumption that pe- everybody watches BTE, who watches yeah. AEW. But obviously, all, that's but, not the case. We're not all marks, just some of us. Yeah. Um. So I, I I'd like to think they'd at least like throw like a video package together, just showing like how the first sort of round of the, like round the matches of the Japanese bracket went. Because they can even do it just like before the Rio Serena Deeb match, just throw it on there. Yeah, as like, okay, this this is how it's happening across the pond, so to speak, or across the ocean, or whatever you want to fucking call it. 
Um, well, speaking of Dynamite, I think that's probably where we should wrap it up. Um, we will be back to see what happens yeah. with this on Dynamite on our regular AW Dynamite review, which will be available later this week. Uh, obviously, I think we'll probably yeah. for these next week as well um, to sort of just keep pushing. Yeah. We'll try and keep this a little bit separated out because so it gets the because it, it clearly demands attention and it's nice to be able to give it the um, the respect it deserves. But yeah, uh, I had a great time. Yeah, nice yeah. little bit of bonus content for uh, our followers as well. Exactly, yeah. So, um, and if you want to keep up with all of our content, Jay, um, bonus and otherwise, how would we get on with that? We're on Facebook and YouTube. If you search Untitled Wrestling Podcast, you'll find us there. Um, we're also on Twitch, Twitter, and I believe Discord now, at Untitled WrestPod. Um, Twitter, we usually, Twitter and Facebook, we usually, like, whenever we upload anything, we'll share it on there. Um, Twitch, we do a lot of uh, live streaming of games. Aaron's doing it doing a playthrough of Sonic Adventure at the moment. Um, I know we're, we've been talking about doing a bit of like Halo multiplayer online. Yeah. We'll on, um, let Aaron first. You know, the, um... On the Alt Switch as well. Um, and yeah, obviously we do like our watch-alongs on um, YouTube, Twitch and Facebook. We'll be doing Elimination Chamber at time recording on this, yeah, Sunday. This, this very Sunday. Yeah. And the following Sunday we'll have something else we've got something else kind of in the pipeline exciting which we're looking forward to yes uh, that will be on twitch um so be sure to tune in there um where can people get their bearding and beer needs fulfilled please Big well for beard first you can go to thatchface.com which is a wonderful company that provides beard oils and other essentials uh, they also donate a lot of their profits to cancer charities um so big up them you can use the code TROYXL85 to get 20% off. So go ahead and do that. Get some good bits and bobs. And if you want some beer, uh, especially beer of a wrestling theme, you can go to topropbrewing.com. Fancy that. Eh? And um, we've got some brand new beers that are about to drop very soon. So keep an eye on the web shop. Keep an eye on the social medias and be the first ones to find out when the new beers are available. Excellent. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us tonight, everybody. Uh, well, today this morning Cheers, guys. whenever you're listening hope you enjoyed our review hope you enjoyed the show let us know what you thought if you um, and who's your pick to win please do let us know on, on social media if you uh, if you feel so inclined and catch us on Friday for the AEW Dynamite review and catch us next week for a second look at the second round of this tournament uh, peace out everyone enjoy your week and then have a lovely time bye bye you must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast house